Today we come to the final talk from the Epistle by Jude. We've moved slowly and worked our way through this short, but we believe, very important epistle. We read it together for the final time uh, on this occasion. So Jude, the book of Jude, just before Revelation, you should be able to find it now. And we'll start reading from the authorised version, from verse 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, and denying the only Lord God, and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah, and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. Durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as brute beasts... In those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. 
these are spots in your feasts of charity. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they would, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, not having the Spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God our Saviour be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. What a lovely short epistle, but yet it contains some severe warnings to the churches today. Jude is warning Christians to maintain the truths of Scripture and the common salvation, and in particular,
that they should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. We have examples here of error, apostasy, the problems in Jude's day of false teachers who had crept into the assemblies and churches of Christians, the arrogance of such interlopers, and their self-promotion. Jude calls them their filthy dreamers and likening them to the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. These were spots in your feasts of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water. Carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth. They, they don't have fruit. They're twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame. Waves of the sea, with all that white foam blowing in the wind. And when it all boils down, there's nothing left. Just useless foamy air. Wandering stars. To whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And he reminds us of the prophecy from Enoch. And Enoch also, the seven from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly of their ungodly deeds. One he calls them murmurers, complainers. Nothing worse than people on a committee who are murmurers, causing dissension. And they had great swelling words, these men. And they did it all because of the admiration of some men towards them. Then he reminds them, remember the words spoken by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. And they separate themselves. They're sensual. And then the secret, having not the spirit, they did not have the Spirit of God indwelling them. Isn't it amazing to learn that Enoch, all that distance back at the start of the Old Testament, <clears throat> that he had been given the teaching of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to the earth to bring judgment upon the world. And then, of course, we have the four principles which we should emulate to enable us to face these trials and temptations. But ye, beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. 
praying earnestly in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God and to be constantly looking for the rapture of the church, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Thus, rather rapidly in this short summary or overview, brings us to the last couple of weeks when we looked at our responsibilities as Christians in our everyday dealings with these within the churches who have been affected to varying degrees by the apostate teachers who had crept into and wheedled themselves into people's confidences. Grim warnings. It was a question I must ask myself, having completed these last 18 weeks of studying and looking at this epistle of Jude. Am I any more prepared for service and life as an ambassador for Christ after this study? I leave you to answer that question for yourself. May God help us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of God. Last week, we looked at the report from the World Economic Forum. I'm not going to go over that again, but just to point out what these economic leaders think again of the situation around the World Economic Forum. Here's what it said, as we said last week. The world today seems to be engulfed in a sea of pessimism, negativity and cynicism. Globalization has made the world smaller but more complex. And many people have lost confidence in institutions. Many people now fear for their future and they are searching for shared but distinct beliefs that can furnish a sense of purpose and continuity. Men are suffering from negativity, pessimism, and cynicism. I was listening to the service this morning on the wireless. The speaker was speaking about Shakespeare and the theatre and acting and all that kind of thing. And I was reminded of this service which basically was a church service but you would have thought it was a lecture on acting and on Shakespeare and I was reminded in that verse in Amos 8 verse 11 where Amos speaks of a famine there will be a famine not of bread or a thirst for water but there will be a famine of hearing 
the Word of God. And I thought that service we had there on the wireless this morning was just a typical example of that. A lecture on acting. But in theory, it was a famine of hearing the word of the word of God. Now, these leaders of the World Economic Forum, I have a message for them. I have good news for these leaders. The next two verses we are going to read are a wonderful and exciting answer to the situation described by these world leaders. He said people were pessimistic, negative and cynical. And they are searching for distinct beliefs that can furnish a sense of purpose and continuity. Well, we have the answer for them here in the next two verses which we are going to look at today. We're going to read these two verses. We're going to try and read them and look at them as if we've never heard them before. In many of the previous 23 verses in this little epistle were dark, gloomy, foreboding, full of apprehension, contained warnings. In fact, we could have written over many of those verses, darkness, darkness. And that also was the the final destination of many of these apostates, darkness forever. But now, with these two verses, we have a wonderful change. The light of God's love and grace is shining through. So let's read them. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God our Saviour be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Now to him, the only God, the only God. Now, it says he will keep you from falling. We're not talking about tripping over on the street or that type of thing. We're talking about spiritual stumbling, spiritual falling away from God. Who is able to keep you from stumbling or falling into sin. And you know, if we walk in the light, we won't stumble in the darkness. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with the other and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. He will keep us from stumbling and falling. There is no other way to keep from stumbling. Not ever, never, in our own strength. 
if we stumble or slip or slide, it is never God's fault. He is able to keep us from stumbling and falling and to present us, to present you, to present me in glory, unblemished, blameless, faultless. We used to sing a hymn years ago. There is a city bright, closed are its gates to sin. Naught that defileth, naught that defileth can ever enter in. Lord, make me from this hour thy loving child to be, kept by thy power, kept by thy power from all that grieveth thee, till in the snowy dress. You know, when I was a child singing this, I didn't like it. I didn't like the idea of a snow white dress or a snowy dress. But the thought is, our white robes, which we will wear in his presence. Till in the snowy dress of the redeemed I stand, faultless and stainless, faultless and stainless, safe in that happy land, in the presence of his glory. What a prospect for every Christian. Our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, will present us to God his Father. And this is going to be a very sombre affair. No way, no way, with triumphant joy, with unspeakable delight. You know, Jesus, why he came, he spoke down here on earth about joy an awful lot. John 17, John 15 verse, John 15 verse 11. Speaking to his disciples, and he was going to go away, and he says, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you. John 15, verse 11. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. That was a wonderful thing to say. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah said that when he was talking to the workers. He said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Make sure you don't use the, lose the joy of your Lord. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you. And that your joy might be full. But there is a slight other side to that and this is in John 17 and we read from verse 12 a few verses here Jesus was praying to his father and here's what he says John 17 verse 12 while I was with them in the world he's talking about his disciples 
as apostles. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I come to thee, and now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them. The joy of the Lord which we have will be in a world which hates us, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Just read that again. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them. Set them apart as holy for your use. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The importance of the word of God. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. The word is, God's word is the truth. We are sanctified through the truth of God's word. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on me through their word. As the disciples went out and proclaimed the gospel, then those who were who believed and were baptized and followed on were being taught the truths of God's word. Neither pray I for these alone but for them also which shall believe on me uh, through their word. How do we become Christians? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And this is what Jesus came to bring. Life in all its abundance. It used to be a tract we used to have. Safety, certainty, and enjoyment. We have the safety, we have God's word that we are saved, that we're sheltered by Jesus' precious blood. We have the certainty of sins forgiven, and that we are, we have a, a, an inheritance reserved for us in heaven, and we are 
given the joy of the Lord as our strength. Here is something I read this week. Speaking of being presented in glory, we shall be presented in the presence of His glory. And when that glory shines forth, not even the light of that glory shall discover a fault in us. How amazing. How excellent. What a triumph and the grace and power of God. We shall be presented in the presence of his glory and when that that glory shines forth not even the light of that glory shall discover a fault in us. We will be presented faultless in glory. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25. Ephesians 5 verse 25. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it, that it should be holy and without blemish. We will be presented holy and without blemish in glory. And then we come to the last verse. Just a little bit to say about that. It's called it, I think, last week, a doxology. I'm not sure about that. But a praise and worship to God, our Heavenly Father. To the only God, our Saviour. Because of and through Jesus Christ our Lord. We are presented because of Jesus Christ. And what he has done for each one of us. He died upon the cross for you and for me. And through his death we have been accepted in him. So... The doxology is to the only God our Saviour because of and through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory, majesty, dominion and power before all time and now and forever. Amen. We are acceptable to God through the death, resurrection and ascension of our blessed Saviour forever. Isn't that exciting? We used to sing little choruses years ago. Joy, joy, my heart is full of joy. Joy, joy, my heart is full of joy. My Saviour dear is ever near. That's the reason why my heart is full of joy. And another kid's one, running over, running over. 
my cup's full and running over. Since the Lord saved me, I'm as happy as can be. My cup's full and running over. Finally, if you want joy, real joy, wonderful joy, let Jesus come into your heart. If you want joy, real joy, wonderful joy, let Jesus come into your heart. Your sins he'll take away. Your night he'll turn to day. Your life he'll take and make it over anew. If you want joy, real joy, wonderful joy, let Jesus come into your heart. And finally, a few verses from Colossians chapter 1, reading from verse 20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you, that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Amen. And that is the finish of Jude. Next week we will move on. We maybe to a we be praying about this and thinking about this, perhaps another Old Testament book. So we would value your prayers as we make a decision very soon. God bless you all. Amen.